So yeah, episode four is Misfits the Best. Is Misfits the Best. So this one is going to have, for maybe the only time ever, a different theme song at the start instead of the rapture, because there's this one song that is so pivotal to this episode. <laughs> Before we get started, some bookkeeping updates. So we were trying to figure out where this show was available, like where you could even watch it. I found out there are a bunch of episodes just on YouTube, just straight up on YouTube. <laughs> Not all of them, I don't think, but... Uh, because it's like I found out when I uploaded this podcast to YouTube, I just uh, put the video on and it's like, let's just see what happens. Because if you do that to like a movie, you're fucked. They'll just take it down. Misfits was fine. And then I got a little note that's like, it looks fine. But really, if you're in the UK or Ireland or the Isle of Wight, you can't see this. Yeah. So if you're from those countries, sorry. Uh, the other thing is uh, our cousin Allison dropped me a line and said this show is available on Amazon Prime. Oh, it is on Prime. Yeah, so uh, a lot of people have that, so that's a good way to watch it. And yeah, she also was like, oh, it's, uh, what's Nathan's real name again? Oh, uh, fuck. Rob Sheer something Sheeran? Robert Sheehan? That's it. Yeah, Robert Sheehan. Rob, Rob. Nice one. He's definitely the most famous person on this show. She's like, oh, that guy's in it. So she knew who he was. So uh, this is episode four. Came out December 3rd, 2009. Oh, and I was going to say about places you can see the show. If anyone does happen to be just listening to this podcast and uh, relying on us yeah, to explain what's going on in the show, this episode in particular, I really feel like episode four of Misfits. You should watch it. Yeah, because it's like... Definitely my favorite Misfits episode, and one of, I think I said before, but like, if I had to pick my top 10 episodes of TV, this would be in there somewhere, because it's just such an awesome little, I love little time travel clockwork time stories. Time good, as long as it's done well, and it's hard to do well. Yeah, well, maybe that's one thing we should blab about briefly, is because uh, I was thinking about that, about the different kinds of time travel, where, just to put it like vaguely in big terms, it seems like there's like... Marty McFly fucking his mom? Yeah, well, there's like super technical time travel. Like there's this movie Primer that I never even finished because it's so complicated. And it's just like, I'm going to have to start over sometime because it's all like all the time loops happen from the start. You know, like the movie doesn't reverse, like everything just happens. And and it all makes sense if you think about it. Like, oh, that happened because later this guy went back and did this. And it's like, like just a crazy clockwork thing. But the kind of time travel I tend to like better is like, the emotional time travel, like Back to the Future. Like, there's no reason why he would have a picture that's fading. Fading. It makes no fucking sense, but it's just to show, you know, that... Well, in actuality, he would have a picture that just disappeared. 
Yeah, because they wouldn't take a picture with no one there <laughs> in that exact spot. And then, yeah, the half picture. But I like that stuff because I like that idea. I think the, the thing recently that did it the best, recently, like 2012 or whatever, is uh, the movie Looper. Looper was pretty good. Where they explain that it is like, it's like uh, quantum or temporal. Like they explain the emotional time travel idea, but sort of scientifically, of like that there's two things happening at the same time. Yeah, the future and the past yes. is occurring. Yeah, In okay. uh, Bruce Willis's head, he sees both realities. So it kind of makes sense that, like, it's so, like, there's stuff like uh, Paul Dano's character. Like, it's weird that he's driving along, or he's trying to escape, but they cut off his hand. And his hand disappears. Yeah. And his hand disappears in the future. So, again, you get that same thing of, like, well, if he didn't have a hand all this time, why would he be in that same spot in this car trying to drive away? But it's because... There's like a quantum connection between the atoms between those two time frames. So it's like eh, the good enough. I'll, I'll do, you know, that's my my favorite kind of time travel is the good enough time travel. I don't need it to totally make sense as long as emotionally I feel like it makes sense. <laughs> that's fine, and that's what this is. That's definitely how Kurt, Curtis's time travel is purely emotion based because he literally needs to get yeah, upset. Needs to get upset about shit before he can travel. Yeah. So yeah, this is the time travel episode, and yes, yeah, such a good. I just love, I mean, we'll see as we go through, but when a, when a time travel story comes together, it's the best. I think it's funny that this is probably one of the best episodes they made, right after, in my opinion, one of the worst episodes. Yeah, yeah, well, again, yeah, like episode three was just getting us here. Was there different authors? Uh, I'm pretty sure Howard Overman wrote all of them, but again, yeah, he just had to, had to lay some track. He was having an off day last episode, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's what's weird, too, is like, this is that in-between period of TV where... Things used to be episodic, like, you know, Next Generation or whatever, where every episode was just an episode. Nowadays, a whole season... Overarching storylines. ...is the thing. And yeah, and you're lucky if it even wraps up, because then it'll just go into season two, and it's like there's no thing. Where this is that middle period where there's an overarching plot, but then each episode has an adventure of the week. Yeah. And last week was, yeah, way more the overarching plot. So uh, December 3rd, 2009, 2009's coming to an end. So to set us in time, I went and looked up the shit that happened that week. So uh, a new album by R. Kelly. Fuck R. Kelly. Uh, also, because it's December, MXPX put out Punk Rock Christmas, which I think is uh, proof that the punk revival was definitely over. It was done. <laughs> uh, video games, Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. I think it was like on one of the on the DS or something. Oh well, I never played any of the handheld yeah. Zelda games. Uh, movies, uh, the box, poor old Richard Kelly. So he made Donnie Darko, and it was cool, but I think cool by accident. And then he did the movie with the rock in it that was fucking terrible, Southland Tales. So then this was his third movie that was just based on an old Twilight Zone episode. And uh, this officially marked the end of Richard Kelly as a director because no one cared. What was the box about do we know it was like one of these things like you uh you have the box with the button in it and if you press the button you can get a million dollars but someone else in the world will die and then someone oh, else gets geez. the box yeah exactly <laughs> like, yeah whatever <laughs> fuck that dude and precious good old precious kid. i never saw precious but man that chick definitely needed to put the fork down yeah exactly so yeah these movies like i haven't seen them but they'd really do probably the movies anchor things in time the best because you're like oh yeah i remember when everyone was making precious jokes <laughs> this fat chick people gets stopped. molested really people stopped making precious jokes <laughs> we're bringing it back i'm a horrible horrible human being all right so episode starts out with 
Let's see, previously on Misfits, so yeah, Curtis was put on community service because he was caught with drugs and he was the guy who was going to be a Olympic... Well, Olympic runner. And uh, Nathan was done for eating some pick and mix. It seemed like <laughs> random things to bring up, but those are important to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> what was Kelly actually brought in for? Uh, she got in a fight with someone. She, so she didn't get busted for auto, Grand Theft Auto, which we'll bring back up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's what's <laughs> funny is all the characters come close to getting arrested in this episode, and then they all do get arrested like the next fucking day, <laughs> which is just fucking weird. <laughs> I guess I'm not sure exactly how long it was between, but it can't be that long no. between. No, they all must have been arrested somewhere in that near vicinity. They're all in it, and they're all cunts. Yeah. <laughs> So the way every episode was based on a character, this one has a side of Nathan, but is absolutely Curtis. Curtis. This is Curtis's episode, definitely. So we get to see Curtis's little wake-up routine. He wakes up every morning, and uh, he just re-remembers that his Olympic dreams are over. Because there's a newspaper that he must have been holding for, like, it's, what, a couple weeks since he started at the at the community center yeah unless they're still making headlines about him yeah. like ha fuck this guy two weeks later let's still poke fun at curtis <laughs> uh and man i noticed too he's got a ridiculous number of trophies in his room like they're on his windowsill and shit like i guess the set dressers were just like let's just make it clear again if someone hasn't seen hasn't the first few episodes out. curtis was fucking awesome if you glance at the screen for a second you're gonna see several trophies so he's like ah oh, fuck my life you know god damn his it jumpsuits hanging off his closet his orange jumpsuit for community work. But on the plus side, he goes to uh, do his community service and he started dating Alicia, who's super hot. But you can't touch. Because when she touches people, they become sex-crazed maniacs. All uh, What's that line from Clerks? All sex-crazed and retard strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I haven't thought of that in a while. So she came up with this idea, which uh, I don't know why Rogue from the X-Men never thought of this. Just jerk off in front of each other, like yeah. fucking masturbate so yeah they're in the community center in the morning just fucking hiding behind like a fucking security gate like couldn't you go find a broom closet or something like something a little more private and one thing too like i didn't notice it when we were just watching it on the tv here but if you listen with headphones that when i first watched it you can hear little squelching sounds oh, of God. her <laughs> clicking the mouse or whatever. and i'm like it's it's a good work sound guy but i didn't need to hear yeah, that yeah thanks a lot dude bravo Bravo. You're going to get an award for this. And of course, Nathan, yeah, walks in on him and is... And starts making fun of them, of course. So they, they get dressed, they go to rejoin the group, and Nathan is miming, jerking off to everybody. So they're like, oh, well, Nathan knows. He really does. Like, it's no wonder that he's by far, like, the favorite character, because he does all the heavy lifting of the jokes in this show. Oh, yeah. It's 100% him. So then uh, Curtis's old girlfriend, Sam, shows up. She's been released from prison or whatever. And, uh, yeah, we were saying, I don't know. Like, how quick does the prison system work in fucking Britain? Because, like, he just got community service. She was caught with, like, the lion's share of the drugs. And at most, maybe each episode, there might be a week in between. They don't really, they're not clear. It might be less. Yeah. But at most, it's been a month. <laughs> so, I don't know, good behavior so, or some um, shit. Who knows? Yeah, like, what was she doing? Fucking blowing all the guards. Oh, well, she's good. Put her on the street. And, uh, dude, I don't know. This chick, to me, she looks like Elliot Smith. Which is weird because <laughs> Elliot Smith's not a girl. <laughs> I was going to say, like, while we were watching it, I was going to say, like, no wonder he's with Alicia. Look at that fucking thing. Although she does, at one point, one of the flashbacks, she uh, she's jumping around and her tits are flopping everywhere. I was like, holy fuck. 
So yeah, that that ties up that plot hole. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's that's why he was with her. Look at the tits on her. So yeah, she gives him the big sob story. No one's gonna hire her for anything because of her conviction. Oh, because conviction. of the traffic, drug trafficking. Brr. No one's gonna hire me. My life is ruined. Fuck you, Curtis. You were with that girl. Brr. Yeah, she sees that Curtis is now with a new girl, and uh, he never visited her, which is pretty shit on his point. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, I was guilty, isn't it? I didn't want to. Didn't want to feel the guilt, me. You fucking cunt. But he does feel pretty guilty, and uh, you know, it is his fault because he asked her to buy the drugs. And he says the key line, if I could do anything to change it, I would. And... Conveniently, his superpower is... <laughs> he can go back in time and he can change stuff. So yeah, this is the, the least... I mean, uh, I guess we, we got to kick this story off. But compared to the other things that make him go back in time, this is by far the softest one. Well, I mean... I mean, I guess it shows he's a good guy. He does feel bad. He does feel bad about it. That's what's interesting about his power, too, is like he can't fake it. You know, he can only time travel when shit sucks. So yeah, then we get, we were talking about this before, how, you know, they don't spend a lot of money on people's superpowers, but his is awesome, where... They zoom in on his eye and flash back everything that's happened in the past. And uh, the most he's ever gone back has just been, like, a few minutes. A few minutes, and this one is, like, months, like yeah. a month or two. Yeah, we go back to the night that he got arrested, and... Man, this one thing, too, the British shows are always so good at is they're so good at club scenes and just making dance clubs look fun and awesome. <laughs> I've never had fun at a dance club. Yeah, me either. I fucking hate them in North America. But uh, this did make me think of there's this chick, Maggie Rogers. She did this song, Alaska. And she said on Song Exploder about how she was in England and a bunch of her friends were like, let's go clubbing, Roy. She's like, oh, fuck that. Like, that's terrible. I hate that shit in, in America. But it was way different. Like, instead of just getting all tarted up and putting on your fucking high heels and the terrible music and all the bullshit, instead, everybody just put on sneakers and they just went out to actually dance and have fun at a club. So it made me think, like, man, maybe British, like, dance culture is better. Because, like, it can't be coincidence that all those electronica bands and shit, Chemical Brothers, Prodigy, fucking Apex Twin, everything is... And this actually, this is getting sidetracked, but when I was in Amsterdam, these two German dudes were sitting next to me at a Starbucks and they asked me to take a picture of them for something. But so I overheard their conversation after I took a little picture for them and they're like, ah, there's this, this club in Dusseldorf that plays the deep house <laughs> and i was like yeah like they're so into their electronica in a way that we're just not but maybe it's actually fun there there are people that are into it like i had a friend who was from out west who was totally into fucking dance and it was just weird because i was like dude we went drinking one night and he started dancing and i'm like what the fuck are you doing he's like it's a simple fucking eight step beat just do it and i was like no <laughs> i'm just gonna sit here and drink beer thanks yeah i knew a guy in uh new york like he only listened to like house music and yeah just generally speaking i fucking hate that shit like any song that starts with just a drum beat yeah which i realized later was just so djs could mix them together but it's so fucking annoying when you listen to the song which is weird because cool song alert Whenever they cut back to this moment, this is like the anchor point. starts with the same song. Yeah, where he's in the club at this exact moment. And this song, normally, I don't think would be the kind of song I would like, but just because I've watched this episode so much, <laughs> it grew on me. And it really helps that they use it in this context that makes it seem good. It made me give it more of a try. And it's called Rolex Sweep by Skepta. And I'm like, I fucking love this song. But it's called the Vandalism Remix. And that's like proof of how good the music is on this show 
Because I went and looked this guy up. I'm like, maybe this is the guy. Maybe this is the house music. The house music guy that you're going to listen to. And the original song fucking sucks. It's the Rolex sweep is this dumb dance where you like, it's like you're turning a, a big steering wheel because you get your Rolex on your... Showing people everyone. Do the Rolex That's sweep. Fuck. And yeah, and the <laughs> song just doesn't have a good beat. And it's the same lyrics, but it's this fucking dorky dance. And it's like the bad house music Macarena. And I'm like, this is shit. But this vandalism remix fucking rules. <laughs> so good on you, Misfits. Like, you know which, you even know how to pick the right version of the song to make wow. it cool. But uh, one thing, too, that's cool with this song is if you search it on YouTube, somebody made a really cool music video. This is when I started realizing maybe I could post Misfits shit on YouTube and not get in trouble because the guy just made a music video for the song with clips from this episode and i was like man this song is so or this video is so well done this is so cool i should leave a comment telling this guy how much this rules but then something deep in my brain was like wait a minute and i scrolled down through the comments and three years ago there's me going this is fucking cool (laughs) (laughs) so i thought that was pretty funny see i don't leave comments on youtube videos i only do when it's fucking real cool all right so he goes back the first time and does he change anything the first time yeah, so his time travel power, again, because he can't really control it, it didn't give him a lot of wiggle room. He, he shows up just before they do this drug transaction. He doesn't have time to stop it because his girlfriend has already got the drugs on her. He's dealing with the drug dealer. He knows this undercover cop's about to burst in and fuck up their shit. So the best he can do is he grabs the bag of coke. So this undercover cop chases him. And uh, I guess there's a lot of, I never really thought about this too heavy before, but there is like, this is like a gangbang of coincidences of just everyone from the whole show is at this club tonight. So the cop is the same cop that's uh, Sally's friend who's like... Investigating Tony's disappearance. Yeah, which uh, again, all of this, I'm just going to have to give it a pass. Because like, if you really wanted this to be more like... It would be a different cop. Yeah, none of these people would be there. But once you just accept that, like, okay, they're just all there. Fuck it. (laughs) It's kind of, it's kind of funny. So Curtis locks himself in the club bathroom. And it's one of these bathrooms too. Yeah. With like graffiti everywhere and all fucked up. And every toilet I've seen in anything British is absolutely fucking filthy and disgusting. Like it looks like people have just shat on the sides of it for fucking years. Yeah. The classic train spotting scene, of course. But but this, uh, this club too, this bathroom, this reminded me of, uh, there's this punk club called the Cobalt in Vancouver that's, uh, I don't know if it's still there, but when I first went there, it was like the first time I was ever in a place that looked like this. And I was just like, this is so cool. I feel like I'm in a fucking, in a movie. (laughs) It's just awesome. It was neat too, where there was, you know, it didn't used to be a punk club. It was a normal bar that couldn't make money. So they started charging for punk shows. Yeah. So there was this old man who would always hang out there who used to be like a previous, you know, would hang out there. So when it became a punk club, he's like, fuck it, I'm going to keep hanging out here. So people would buy him beer because he was like the fucking mascot of the place. (laughs) And he would just sit there with a straw in the beer and uh, his fingers in his ears because he hated the music and just sit there and drink beer. And everyone's like, hey, it's that guy. If you hated the fucking music, just find another bar like what the fuck but it was weird that he was kind of like it became like his cheers place because everybody knew who he was and bought him beer so. that's fucked up that's and then, really fucked up yeah when he died everyone was sad or whatever i mean i not like i hung out there a lot but i went there enough that i picked up on this tale of the weird old man <laughs> so yeah he flushes the drugs and he escapes out the tiny little window <laughs> the tiny little... always have a tiny little window and shows so yeah, he ends up in this parking garage. Hiding behind a car. <laughs> yeah, and good old Nathan walks by. So of course he's like, hey, Nathan, because he doesn't... And Nathan doesn't know him at this point. So he's like, 
do I know you? Are you taking a shit? Hey, everybody, there's a guy over here taking a shit. Yeah, and it's just awesome that, like, this is, like, them meeting again for the first time. And within fucking seconds, Nathan's, Nathan's a fucking cunt. The worst thing he could possibly do. Like, this guy's hiding from the cops. And it's like, hey, there's a guy over here taking a shit. Like, what a fucking asshole. So this is where we're introduced to the B-plot of the episode, which is why Nathan got arrested. Yeah, which is so weird, because it's not like anyone needed the origin story of him getting arrested for <laughs> eating some picnic. It is fucking entertaining as shit. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out, connected to this complex, there's uh, the parking lot, there's the club, and there's like a bowling there's alley. There's a bowling alley. So Nathan's going to go bowling with his friends, who we only see them for a sec, but yeah, we notice that they're they not. They just do not look impressed that they have to hang out with Nathan. <laughs> yeah. And he really is, he's just so socially inept that he just doesn't realize like what he can't do because uh, like I said how gross it was beyond the pick and mix. Yeah, he reaches into a fucking fridge and pulls out some orange juice, cracks it, takes a big drink, spits it all over the fucking place with a fucking disgusted look on his face, puts the cap back on and shoves it back in the fucking fridge. Like that is worse than the pick and mix. Yeah, no, <laughs> like so much worse. And that's enough to yeah get the managers watching him, and then he starts eating the pick and mix. But yeah, it's like there's that line between ah, oh, he's just a fucking he's a fun-loving weird. guy or whatever, and yeah, that's just fucking disgusting. Like, <laughs> like wasn't there? A, it was like a trend on YouTube, or it became bad internet famous because it was like this chick who she took an ice cream out at the supermarket and licked it and put it back like it's just fucking gross you can't do shit like that who was it that did that that was famous was it was it selena gomez or ariana grande one of them fucking licked a bunch of donuts (laughs) and got busted on fucking security camera one of those two you just can't do that shit man famous bitch licks donut i'm gonna find out Ariana Grande likes donut and viral security. <laughs> Why did Ari- Ariana Grande apologize for licking a donut? Okay, so anyway. What a dirty bitch. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the manager obviously insists that Nathan uh, pay for pay the for pick and mix and the drink. <laughs> the manager's name, Beverly. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Beverly has to be the, the best non-recurring character in the show. <laughs> and I guess, yeah, we should point out Beverly is a man. <laughs> Beverly is a dude, and he's sort of this sh- squat little rotund dude, and he's funny as fuck. Beverly's biggest mistake ever was wearing a name tag that said his name Beverly. is Beverly Morgan, because, yeah, Nathan just immediately is like, again, coming back to, like, clerk stuff. <laughs> Chicks with the dicks, hermaphrodites oh, and yeah. stuff. Just pontificates that... Uh, his parents... Why did your parents name you Beverly? <laughs> yeah, like, maybe you were a hermaphrodite. Maybe your parents decided which one they wanted. They wanted you to be a boy, so they sewed up your clunge. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's on, like, you know, he just turns into a fucking brawl Trailer Park Boy style, and he's got his little radio. He's like, I'm being attacked by a hermaphrodite. Now, why does the, what I want to know is why the radio broadcasts over the loudspeakers <laughs> in the bowling alley. But, like... Yeah, that's convenient. He's just screaming that fucking he's being attacked by a fucking hermaphrodite, and everybody in the whole bowling alley can fucking hear it. So he, uh... <laughs> He decides the security guard and Beverly have him pinned, so he starts faking a fucking epileptic seizure. So they get off of him, and they're trying to calm down, and he bolts. And you pointed it out. Who runs down the fucking bowling lanes? He's captured very easily. (laughs) Fucking tries to climb through the pins into the back. Where is he going to go from there? Like, I assume that doesn't go anywhere. I don't know. (laughs) The next scene is him sitting in the fucking... 
in Beverly's office with Beverly saying, you know, you're going to have to pay for all these damages. And yeah, I just love that he's such an asshole at every little stage. Like he, he agrees like, all right, fine, I'll pay for this stuff because, you know, don't call the cops. So he's got this credit card, but he won't let go of it. Oh, take it. <laughs> just yeah, take, take it. it. <laughs> the tug of war. But then the card's expired. So uh, that's, uh, we'll leave Nathan there for now, but things aren't looking good for him. Yeah. <laughs> so now we know why he got in trouble. But he hasn't been arrested yet. Yeah, because like, that's why nobody believes them. If they're just like, you don't get arrested for eating some pick and mix, but you do if you're the biggest you fucking if asshole. You, if you get into a fucking assault charges against a short fat man, steal drinks, cause a major disturbance. Oh, some property damage to you, you knock down a big gumball yeah, you machine. Yeah, knock down a gumball machine. Slander for fucking claiming that Beverly has a sewed up clunge. <laughs> So yeah, back at the club, this is where we start getting all the other characters seated in, where again, it's just, you know, TV, you gotta have. I always wonder with, uh, man, one time I noticed this big time was uh, with Breaking Bad, everyone hated Walt's wife. Like there's reached a point in the story where there was no need for her anymore and she was just making it not fun, but it's TV, right? Like she's got a contract, she has to be in the show. (laughs) Did they kill her? Uh, no, she makes it. She makes it to the end, and she's a fucking pain in the ass the whole goddamn time. But that's kind of what this reminds me of. It's like you can't just have an episode of the show without the characters in it. So conveniently, everyone's there tonight. So, so the first well, one we see is Kelly, and she's dancing. And she's hammered out of her gourd. Yeah, super fucked up. And her her man, she like calls her man over, and he starts making out with her, and she's probably had way too much to drink because she has to go outside for some fresh air <laughs> they really do too it's not like uh you know like heroin chic sometimes you see like a fucked up chick but she's kind of looks still hot with like the, the no kelly looks like fucking shit <laughs> yeah she's all pasty and just fucked up <laughs> so, so yeah she's sitting outside and she's all fucked up and curtis goes by and sees her and again he's in this weird spot where he knows these people but they don't know him so She's kind of sitting in a stairwell, fucking pukes all over his shoes. <laughs> so he takes off his jacket, gives it to her. And uh, unfortunately, that was a fuck up because his money, he has to... His pay. drug money. Yeah, because he needs to... He flushed the drugs, but the money was in the jacket. So then he gets back to the drug dealer, realizes that Kelly's got his money. Oh, she notices too right away. She's, She's like, <laughs> you left your money here. Hey. And then she pulls out a wad, probably like a good two inches thick. But he's super pissed, and, uh, you know, it's England. Everyone's a crazy fucking violent criminal, so he pulls out a knife. And stabs Sam. The drug dealer runs off. She's bleeding out. It's not looking good. Luckily, Curtis has the power that when he gets upset... (laughs) You can rewind time. So, yeah, and back to the Rolex suite, back to that exact moment. Yeah. Which, again, if only they could take it back a little further. (laughs) It would help so much. I don't want to buy your drugs. That's all that would have to happen. But yeah, every time Curtis is thrown into it where he just doesn't have any time to fucking... He has to make split-second decisions, and they're all really dumb. So this one, yeah, it was confusing to me at first, where this time he shoves the drug dealer and runs off, so he manages to get the cops off his tail, but this time the dealer is chasing him. And I was like, why, why does he have... Just drop the drugs. Why do you have the drugs with you? But then it... it turns out to kind of make sense he doesn't want the dealer to get arrested with the drugs he doesn't want sam to get arrested with the drugs he doesn't want to get arrested with the drugs right so they're all just not there 
Which I guess, viewers. yeah, it makes sense too. Because I, I, maybe that's just uh, maybe Curtis is a better person than me. To me, I would just be like, "Fuck you, dealer, go down, motherfucker." Yep. See, I don't want to buy your drugs. See, bitch. But I guess if he could tie up that, and he doesn't want an angry drug dealer. No, <laughs> nobody wants an angry drug dealer <laughs> on his resume. So same thing. He runs to the uh, runs to the Parking bathroom, room. through into the parking lot, sees Nathan. But he's like, rather than fucking call out to him, he's just like, fucking cunt. <laughs> Frick. And uh, yeah, we find out later while he was hidden behind the car, he hid the drugs in the car this time. Yeah. Which I guess that's also why this just seemed confusing. You don't find that out till later. So this, this whole middle part, I was a little confused at first, but it all makes sense in the end. So now uh, back in the club. So we saw that Alicia is there, but she doesn't do anything yet. She's just there. Uh, Simon's also at the club, which is the most improbable person. Like, why would he be at the club? Because he's just, no. But he's there because someone sent him a text, but it was the wrong Simon. Yeah, they texted the wrong Simon, and it's so sad where he showed up, and he's like... He bought this guy a beer, and he's like, I bought you a beer, and he's like, nah, 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 I, I was messaging my mates. <laughs> Other Simon. Friends. So yeah, just uh, just again to reinforce, and we'll reinforce it even more soon of what a uh, sad, pathetic creep... Poor well, I mean, they make him way too fucking creepy in these early episodes. So Kelly is out in the stairwell again. Curtis gives her his hoodie again, but takes the money this time like a smart boy and leaves. And fucking Simon, dejected and alone, leaves the club and finds Kelly passed out in the stairwell and proceeds to fucking feel her up. Yeah, like he's like staring at her and she's all passed out and clammy and fucked up. And yeah, at first he's just like, are you all right? But yeah, quickly escalates to him, like lifting her lifting skirt. Lifting her skirt up. Like, yeah. oh. like his hand is reaching in. Maybe he touched her, maybe he didn't, but he got way too close either way. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets freaked out and runs off. But yeah, what a fucking creep. Oh yeah, and what this reminded me of, do you remember this dude? I think his name was Brock Turner. It was this big news story. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the kid who got away with fucking like, molesting like raping a chick well yeah he didn't get away with it because i know his name's brock turner <laughs> he fucking yeah he like dragged this chick it was like at a party he, like dragged her outside behind a dumpster and somebody caught him fucking raping this chick and beat the fuck out of him and yeah and what made me think of him or brought him back into my mind because that was ages ago but uh i've read a follow-up story about him because this the story was about in general like what happens to these people that are a big deal for a bit and then no one talks about them but it was like this nationwide story that is fucking horrible like his parents got him out of everything but yeah but it's like basically he uh where he's at now is he lives with his parents he works in uh some kind of like delivery box delivery type you know place and his manager said like yeah he's just really quiet he doesn't talk to anybody he doesn't cause any problems but it's like he's stuck in this weird limbo world where he can never really achieve anything. anything. <laughs> because he was a fucking filthy cunt back in the day. Like the best he can do, yeah, is just fucking keep Work his head down and have a little <laughs> job. And yeah, and it's just like, man, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying I have sympathy for him. That's totally fucked. Don't, don't, don't go fucking raping people. And I remember too, yeah, like that story, because it was just so creepy. Uh, on top of like, it's not like... I mean, it'd be bad no matter what, but it's not like he found a chick passed out in a bedroom at a party. He, he dragged her, her out. There. She had, like, dirt and gravel, like, all, like, her legs were all scraped up, and it's like, what the fuck, guy? Like, we've all <laughs> been at parties and been drunk, and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna make a bad decision, 
but that's like a bad decision times 10 fucking thousand. Like there's really no excuse to drag made... a corpse out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've made bad decisions at parties, but I've never... Yeah, chicks passed out. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, it's so fucked. But yeah, it just made me think of Simon was on the road to being Brock Turner, but luckily... <laughs> so let's see. Yeah, so the cops descend on Curtis, Sam, and the dealer, but because... Yeah, this is where the second loop cleared up for me. Because Curtis grabbed the drugs, the drugs and hid them, so now no one's got anything on them. Everyone gets out scot-free. The, uh, the dealer's real pissed at first, but it's a nice little line of like... Hey, you know, you should be thanking me. I'm your best friend. And then, yeah, like the dealer's just laughing. He's so happy. Like, oh, that can't believe. Like, what are the chances that you would notice an undercover cop, steal my drugs, go hide them so that we'd all get away scot-free? Amazing. <laughs> so he gives the drugs back to the dealer and the dealer's like, you can have them. And he's like, nope, no, no drugs. Like, yeah, I don't want the drugs. Yeah, and that's just great because it's like, it couldn't have gone better. He fucking fixed everything and... That's what I love so much about this episode, is we've got one more loop to go, because this seems great. Oh, you did it, but he didn't do it. <laughs> what happened? Like, I forget why he went back. Oh, back to Nathan? Yeah, so in this timeline, of course, Nathan is just off in the bowling alley, so nothing is affected by what Curtis does. So things are going just as badly for him. He tried to call his mom, but she's in Spain, so the mom sends Nathan's dad. I don't think he ever shows up again, does he? I think this um... is his only... I think he's in like one more episode. Because really all we know is that things are so bad between Nathan and his dad that Nathan... Nathan's just like, why the fuck are you here? Yeah, he never would have called his dad and he literally would rather be arrested than have his dad pay for his fucking pick and mix. His damages. <laughs> and he's, he basically is like, why the fuck are you here? And just, I'm fine. Get out. Nothing happened. So the dad's like, all right, fine. Like he obviously Call knows. Cops. He knows what a cunt his kid is. So he's like, there's no, there's no arguing with, with him. So all right, see you later. And Beverly's been getting verbally abused by Nathan this whole night. So this yeah. is where he finally He's, is like, oh, things are really good between you and your dad. And Nathan picks up a fucking industrial staple gun and staples Beverly's hand. Shut up, Beverly. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Come on. And that's awesome, too, because, yeah, that really fucking... Uh, Cements why Nathan got fucking arrested. And it's, just, it's so perfect, too, because you know Nathan is truthful when he says, I got arrested for eating some pick and mix, not I got arrested for putting a staple, staple gun in the guy's hand. fucking hand. Like to him, he's like, he, he was shocked first off that he could even get in trouble for eating some pick and mix and that it escalated to this point. Like, I'm sure he just thinks he's innocent. Like, I, here's the thing, like, I'm socially inept, but I know not to fucking A, eat random food at a fucking bowling alley and B, I don't think I've ever slammed a staple into somebody's hand. Maybe that's what, because, yeah, we had our little list of people who have murdered, still just Kelly. But uh, between Simon and Nathan, who's the most socially inept of this guy? I'm pretty sure it's Nathan. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Simon, I guess, knows better. He knows what's right and wrong. Nathan just doesn't know and doesn't care. Yeah, it'll be interesting when uh, Rudy shows up and we can compare and contrast, because Rudy is so much more of a normal person. Like, Nathan is like... Uh, He's like the... He's psychotic. He's, like he's the, absolutely. Yeah, he's like a trickster god, like Loki fucking, or like the <laughs> elemental form of being a fucking cunt. <laughs> like, he just can't not do it. Although, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the point in this episode where there is one, his only ever serious... Oh, yeah, like, I've never seen him act serious in any movie or any show that I've ever seen him in except that one fucking point. Curtis sees Alicia at the club, and, uh, and it's just a, a cool little weird moment where... He's like, 
I've changed the future. I just, and yeah. She's like, all right, mate, you're being a fucking weirdo or whatever. But it's just that cool little, like, I fixed it. I fixed everything. I know you don't understand and you don't know even, you know, whatever, but it's fucking awesome. And yeah, Kelly and her boyfriend are there, the boyfriend from episode one. Oh, yeah, they were engaged. That's right. She made this big deal about the engagement, but the engagement only happened here because they're hot wiring they a car. Hot wired the car of Tony and I can't remember her name. Uh, Tony and Sally, the probation workers. Yeah, this yeah. is way too much coincidence. They're bowling. Yeah, they're, they're at the bowling alley. And in the car that Kelly and her boyfriend hot wire is the uh, engagement ring From Tony's going to give. Sally, yeah. And just because they find one happen by happenstance, he. He proposes to fucking Kelly. That's so fucking romantic. <laughs> oh, fuck. And, uh, and that's where we also learn, like, definitely it confirms that Tony had a pre-existing rage problem. He has a reason to be upset. Yeah. His car got fucking... Well, in the engagement ring, and he kicks the ever-living shit out of some sign that's nailed to a post or something. So we were definitely right about that potential thing. But it also just that one extra bit, too, of that idea that that the probation workers, the two of them, are just such good people. Of like, they were gonna get married. They everything were, was going so well. I was enjoying a lovely night at the bowling alley. Oh. And then we do the first ever flash forward, which I think is just just to save time. We don't actually go through the next few days of Curtis's life. He just flashes back to his the same morning the that we started day. at. And yeah, he wakes up and. Uh, now the newspaper, classic Back to the Future shit, the newspaper is like, Curtis Donovan is the best. <laughs> yeah, Curtis Donovan just going to the Olympics and his orange jumpsuit isn't hanging off the, the closet door. and He gets a call to go do uh, practice. Go do practice. And he's like, all right, cool, but yeah, just going to swing by. Got to do something first. So he just goes by the community center because he just wants to see what's going on now in the new timeline. And man, it ain't good. <laughs> Fucking because Curtis wasn't there. Uh, when Tony got his rage powers, he actually murdered everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's dead. That one little part in episode one where he just reversed time by like two minutes saved everybody because, yeah, now there's flowers everywhere. And everyone's picture is there except Nathan, who wanders into the scene and he's got like a big gash in his head that's all stitched up. Yeah, so Nathan explains that the, you know, Curtis is just like, what, what, what happened to everyone? And Nathan's like, the fucking probation worker just flipped out, killed everyone. And it's interesting because... Like, there's no time even for the superhero plot to even happen. Everyone just died. So yeah. that's just gone. No one knows these kids had powers for a fucking hour because the probation worker just killed them all. And, yeah, I guess we've been putting it off, but it's not coincidence that Nathan... Survived. ...is alive. Yeah, he says he barely survived. He was half dead. But this is He's, his power. That's his power. He's immortal. <laughs> they don't say it's still, like, directly, but... At this point, it's hard to miss that <laughs> this is his power. Is but he doesn't know either. He's just he still doesn't know at that point. He's just like, yeah, I was half dead. But I do love that. I love how they seeded into this little side cool de sac timeline that doesn't even exist anymore. Just like, hey, viewer, if you're paying this attention, is, here it is. Here's what is, happened. Yeah. So of course, Curtis gets all fucking wigged out and upset again. Yeah, and like to me, this is what makes this. This is the part that makes this one of my favorite little bits of TV ever made. Is like we've got the go back in time and fix everything. That would be all right. But this idea that he's got to go back in time and deliberately fuck up his own life to save his friends is like that's when time travel fucking rules. That's such clever, weird shit. And this is one of those cases, too, where I, I have a hard time telling if people are good actors or not. I used to wonder about that. Like, is acting really that 
hard, but you only notice when you see a bad actor. That's when you realize good actors are good. I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> so like with this uh, show, like I can't tell who really who's a good actor and who isn't. It's hard to say. Nathan seems amazing, but he always plays that character. In everything. And if you watch interviews, that's him. And like if I was to just look at Curtis's performance, I wouldn't say he seems amazing, but maybe he's just kind of a bland character. But this moment I love so much where I don't know that anyone else on the cast could have pulled it off the way he did, where they go back again, Rolex sweep, back to that moment right before the drug thing. And just every time he comes back, he's got a different expression. But this one, he's like fucking amped up. He's like all adrenaline yeah, out. because he's got to get this done. Because he realized all his friends fucking died. And yeah, and he's like got the weird plan of what he's got to do and he's just like whoa like i'm gonna do it and it's fucking awesome like he fucking nailed it like i don't know that anyone else on the cast could have done that moment as good as he did it's so good how does it go down he grabs the drugs again okay so this time he buys the drugs but he makes sure sam isn't holding the stuff yeah cops show up he runs to the bathroom flushes everything but one baggie yeah he doesn't go out the window he leaves uh, like a bit of coke on on his finger and deliberately gets arrested and this is, I guess we are talking about Donnie Darko earlier. This reminds me a lot of Donnie Darko, where now you get this moment where Sam's okay, the cops are checking her, but she doesn't have anything. Curtis is getting arrested, which seems terrible, but for some reason he's happy about it. He's well, like, he's happy about it, and he asks, like, as they're arresting him, like, what about her? Well, we ain't got nothing on her. She's free to go. It really reminds me of the end of Donnie Darko when, I mean, that's an ambiguous ending, but, like, he's happy before he gets killed because... Potentially, he realizes that to break the weird time loop he's in, he's got to let himself die. Yeah, whatever. That's he's the whole. Let himself get crushed by a fucking jet engine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this ain't the Donnie Darko podcast. This is Misfits. So this time, Curtis wakes up again. His Asbo suit's back, and again that little moment of like he's happy now that his Asbo suit's back. He's happy that he's fucking got to do community service and is not going to the Olympics. He goes back to the community center to do his nice little wank off with Alicia. He locks the little gates, so and Nathan can't get in. But they're still just wanking each other off in the middle of this fucking public place. That and they... everyone can. And Nathan <laughs> figures it out. He still shows up. It's slightly better, but it's just like that's kind of funny. He doesn't see anything this time, but he knows. He knows. The one little wrinkle, this is also just kind of a neat thing now to tie into, because, you know, just so this isn't a total one-off Curtis episode, to have this flow into something in the future, the one thing he did change is he saved Sam, but now through the weirdness, again, this is where I like emotionally resonant time travel, I don't need it to really make sense. Now he's crossed a little stream where he's now cheating on Sam by accident by accident because <laughs> she wasn't in well he was cheating on her to begin with yeah it's we're just more direct now but now it's like she's gonna catch him and it's amazing she hasn't caught him already <laughs> yeah and it's just weird because the alicia stuff that happened in the original timeline still happened except in this timeline he's still completely with sam and sees her every day so he wouldn't have done the stuff with alicia really in this timeline but it's already done somehow the two are melted somehow he managed to get away with cheating on his girlfriend with this chick from fucking community service which is just so funny and like low stakes and stupid like who gives a shit like you just saved everyone's lives and who cares if you're cheating on your dumb girlfriend but that's the one plot thread <laughs> that's gonna carry forward the thing is he could probably sit all of them down and explain what happened but sam's not gonna fucking understand <laughs> so the other plot thing is of course sally is still uh Deep on everyone's tail. She knows these kids fucking fucked with her life and her boyfriend. So she's actually going through their shit. 
and finds Tony's credit card in Simon's book bag. So it's like, and uh, finds the engagement ring that she has no idea about. Yeah. She knows it existed. She just doesn't know that it's that engagement ring. Yeah, that was actually kind of a neat little thing that she doesn't know what it is because it yeah. would be so easy for that to tip her off. But then you know, super nerds among us would be like, well, she wouldn't know what that is. And yeah, yeah the show, <laughs> the show did that. It's like, yeah, she doesn't know that one, but she, she definitely knows Tony's credit card. She's got hard evidence now that these kids that she was already sure were behind some shit are definitely behind some shit so uh join us next time she can focus completely on simon simon's the only one that did it throw him in jail <laughs> so of course uh, song of the episode now we're gonna listen to uh i told her to drink up select the plate the song that i asked for if you want to link up you can meet me on the dance floor <laughs> you have fun with that <laughs> 50 cent can't dance like me Soldier boy can't dance like All right, me. folks, we'll catch you next time. Like Have me. a good one. We fucking love ya. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot. I told her to drink up. Select to play the song that I asked for. If you want to link up, you can meet me on the dance floor. 50 Cent can't dance like me. Soldier boy can't dance like me. Michael Jackson can't dance like me. No. So, count with me. One glass of champagne for me. Two glass of champagne for you. Three, now do the Rolex.
just help yourself to anything you fancy. This is not a buffet. That's theft. I could have you arrested for that. Really? For eating some pick and mix? You're paying for the sweets in your mouth and for that drink. Beverly. Isn't that a woman's name? Pay up and leave. <laughs> Beverly. That's brilliant. Why did your parents give you a girl's name? This is your final warning. Maybe you were born with both sets of genitalia. You know, like a chick with a dick. Can I have security to the concession stand, well, I'm please? guessing your parents wanted to buy, so they kept your cock and sewed up your clunge. You're coming with me! I'm being assaulted by a chick with a dick! Help me! They sewed up his clunge! You shit! They sewed up his clunge!